Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bring it Welcome to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with a Newcastle update, of course, joined by Jake Jackman. You can find on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two N's. You can also find his writings over at EPL Index. All right, Jake, an absolute pleasure having you on. Sorry it's in the circumstances, just on the back of a gut punch of a loss to uh, Wolves. Obviously a difficult result to take, questions surrounding the red card and the elbow. Uh, what were your views of this match on the whole, though? Yeah, it was disappointing. Um, I thought we played quite well. Um, I think it was just a, a case of just some poor defending on, on both of the goals and, and possibly on the red card as well. Um, it's Yeah, the first goal, I, don't, I thought it must have been offside because nothing was, nobody was moving or anything, and it was just, it was just very bad defending. I think I've seen... Um, journalists say that Yedlin was shouting at uh, Lesales to, to to follow Hotter, and he didn't do that. So, yeah, I don't I don't think it was a game for our captain. Unfortunately, I think he looked very very poor. Uh, and after sort of the praise that Fernandez and Shah have been having, he was of course suspended for this one. Uh, the question is whether he really deserves to be in the team at the moment. Uh, and his performance today was not was not good at all. Um, even even for the winner as well, he sort of. If he was backtracking anymore, he would have ended up in a, in a sort of bar behind the stadium. Uh, it was it was poor from him. Uh, I don't really know what's gone on uh, with Lascelles because last year he looked like a future England player, and now he looks a shadow of that. So I'm not quite sure what's gone on there. Uh, whether it's a motivational issue, whether um, it's just because of the competition. But you, you know, you'd think that would have the opposite effect. But I don't know what's happened with him. Um, possibly the the rejected bids during the summer. I'm not sure. But yeah, I thought that the overall performance was good, though. I think we. Definitely deserve to get a point, if not get all three. I think if we wouldn't have had the man sent off, I think we probably would have won that game. Because um, I thought we were pressing well, we were creating chances. Rondon was playing very well up front, uh, but it was just very poor timing on the on the on the red card. Um, I can see why the ref gave it, but I think it was a little bit harsh, um, just because I thought there was a, another man covering, and it wasn't. A, yeah, it was still a lot for. the for the Wolves attacker to do so it's a little bit disappointing to see that one given but I can understand why he's given it and Yedlin probably shouldn't have given him a decision to make and he probably shouldn't have given the ball away where he did so I mean yeah. it wasn't it wasn't great so you can't really make too many excuses of that but I know Benitez after the game was very angry in his post-match comments uh, probably the angriest I've seen him talking about how we need VAR and how it wasn't a red card for Yedlin and, and Willy Bolly should have been sent off for an elbow on, on Perez so not great, and it's not great to see Rafa like that. He's normally so so calm and collected, and when he's a bit ruffled, it, it's not. It worries me that he's a bit like that. Even though it was, I can understand why he was angry after a, a late defeat. It's, it's unusual to see him like that. So, been interesting to see how he, he he sort of how he holds himself over the next couple of weeks. Because I'd hate to think that the job's getting to him, but it, it might be that it is. And yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of pressure on at Newcastle, and it just seems that every game at the moment is 
it's huge and I don't mm. think that's the best it's not the best environment to be in but I think you could probably say that applies to every Premier League team now and I think every yeah. every Premier League team is every Premier League game is built up into this must win it will be an absolute disaster if you lose and I don't think that's the greatest environment to be in um, especially when you can lose like five or six games in a row and it doesn't really have sort of the end of the world because you know there's a lot of teams doing that so right yeah, as you say, though, Newcastle did play very well today. Um, a big part of that, especially up front with Solomon Rondon, we kind of joked a couple weeks back about Rondon being the solution for Newcastle. Obviously, liked what he was doing at West Brom, but it seems he's like really turning around how your attack functions, really offering that kind of centerpiece in attack. Yeah, he's been very good. Um, um, I think he's a little better than I thought he was. Um, he's sort of so good at holding up the ball, very, he's very good at just making not attacking runs, but he also always seems to be in the right place to pick up a, a long ball or or a clearance. Which, yeah, considering how much of a pitch there is, it's quite impressive that he always seems to be in the right positions to to get the ball and and sort of hold it up. Um, sort of gives us a real focal point. And it, and he, although Mitrovic is a similar sort of player, I think he's got a a better attitude than Mitrovic, and I can see why he suits our system a little bit better. Um, but his, his technique as well on the ball is excellent. Like, you saw his, his free kick earlier today. Um, they hit the bar, which just before the goal, and then, and then he went out, retrieved the ball, and put in a really good cross for Perez. So he sort of can do it all, and it's it's good to have a striker like that. And we do look a lot more threatening in attack with him. And I think him and Perez, if they're, if they're both confident, which they seem to be today, we can sort of poke pose problems in in the in the final third and we've been lacking that this season um obviously Perez has a lot of off days but when he is you know playing well he, he can be a real threat but he needs to have that that figure to work off and, and he seems to have that in he seems to have that in Rondon so that's really encouraging it's just yeah he doesn't the, the only one thing I'd say about Rondon he doesn't seem to be able to do it for a 90 um does always seem to be having to go off sort of after 70 75 minutes which i mean it's it's not it's not the worst thing but it would it would be good if we could get him to to a fitness level where he can perhaps do it over 90 but i think maybe the, the amount of work he has to do leading the line for a team that defends a lot and and doesn't you know dominate possession it, maybe it, it is quite a tall ask to ask anybody to to do that amount of work for 90 minutes especially with somebody as, as with as much weight to carry around as Rondon does and mm. sort of muscle so it is I can understand why it doesn't but we just look a completely worse team when Hosselu comes on uh, I think today there's a couple of times when Hosselu all he had to do was sort of control the ball and just just make a simple pass he just gives it away it's just yeah it's if Rondon get injured now I'd be, I'd be worried uh, I just don't think we've got that much beneath him so yeah, what do you he, think he about Muto important. who obviously scored against United I think he's very good I thought he was very good for the for the few games he played he, seemed, he had a period of coming on for sort of 20 minutes and doing a lot of work and he seemed to be a he seemed to be a similar sort of sort of player to Perez though I think he's more that sort of player than he is a, a number nine so uh, I think he could work with Rondon and I'm sure we'll probably see it at some point this season um, but yeah it, he was good he, he works hard he, he, he's sort of good on the ball but yeah he just hasn't completely adjusted physically yet and I think he had an injury which sort of took him out when he seemed to be getting going um so yeah I think I think there's more to come from him I think he's sort of a 
one we might see more of in the second half of the season. Uh, and I think it'd be more of a Perez replacement rather than a Rondon one. Interesting. Um, while we're talking about players and their positions, uh, Matt Ritchie at left wing back. What have your thoughts been on that? I think it suits him quite well. Um, I know when he came through at Portsmouth, just because I've got friends that are Pompey fans, that's where he came through. He came through as a left back, so it's not a it's not a completely new position for him. He works hard, and he, I think, especially now, he doesn't have the the ability or the pace or or the skill to beat players in the final third. So it might be that a deeper role. Uh, especially as a wing-back. I don't think he'd work as a left-back, but as, as a wing-back, he can sort of sit deep, can get forward to offer sort of a wide option and then a crossing a crossing option, which is what he's best at. He's really good at putting balls into the box. But we don't really want him to get too far up the pitch because if he does, you know, he, he doesn't have the sort of the, the skill or the pace to, to do a lot up there. Whereas if he's deeper putting balls in and sort of linking up the play, he can have a, a really good impact, especially if Rondon... It, as our striker he's, it's it's perfect for Richie in terms of what he can do on the ball so I think it suits him well um yeah I just he's always been lacking that pace to be a really really top caliber Premier League winger yeah, he always got something to offer but I think he's 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 probably better suited in sort of a right midfield or or a, or a left left midfield left wing back right wing back sort of that mm. deeper role than he is as a winger yeah, he certainly had plenty of space and crosses today. Um, just unfortunately, nothing came of them. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now to the negative side of this result. It's now seven home losses this season, which is your worst record at this stage in any top flight year. Why do you think that's happened, considering the St. James used to be a place that teams, you know, at least somewhat feared heading to? I just think it's uh, just where we are as a club at the moment. We're not a very good team. We've got a fairly average squad, and and we're just perennially, just constantly fighting against relegation so we are going to lose games it seems if we lose a few more than we would have liked I thought against Brighton we perhaps should have done better in that game uh, dominated they dominated every part of that game and just conceded one shot off their only shot on target uh, goal off their only shot on target which is disappointing I think West Ham it just sort of clicked for them on that day they they've just got really good players on the counter attack and, and that was where it went they just had so we we had a lot of the ball, but every time they counted, they seemed to have you know better players than we did to take advantage of those positions. Today was disappointing, but I think it, it plays into the ten, having ten men, uh, and I think at the start of the season we played a lot of the a lot of the top top six teams. So 
it's disappointing, but I don't think it's the end of the world. I think we're currently in a position where if our aim is to stay up, we don't need to win that many games to do it. So losing losing these games is not really the end of the world. Uh, you saw what happened a couple of weeks ago when we won three in a row. And I think with Benitez as manager, we're always going to have those runs of winning a few in a row. Um, so yeah, and I think sometimes our style just is better suited to playing away from home as well. I think we're better at sort of soaking up pressure and and then going on the counter attack and taking advantage of set pieces, which you know we saw us against Burnley. We played very well away then, uh, got the win there. Probably should have won by more than the two one scoreline then as well. Uh, and against Everton as well, I think um, during the most recent midweek game, I thought we. We held our own, offered a threat, and and didn't concede too many clear-cut chances. I think it, it, we're probably better suited to play away from home, but you know we will win our games at home. Uh, we had a couple. We beat Bournemouth, who've been very good away from home this year. Beat them a couple of weeks ago at St James Park. Beat Watford, so we're not a total lost cause. But I just I just think it's a, just where we are as a club. It's just the reality of our situation. We're going to lose a lot more games than we win, unfortunately. Just some of those are naturally going to be at home. Exactly, yeah. Gotcha. Um, Now, uh, kind of overarching all of this is that there was not much investment in the summer. What investment there was was low level, and it's you know not the first year that that's happened since Rafa Benitez took charge, obviously with Mike Ashley's owner. Uh, Because of this and frustrations, there were supposed to be protests again against the owner, Mike Ashley. And then midweek, he comes out and says, you know, uh, there's multiple bids coming up. We're closer to a deal than ever before. How much do you buy into it this time? Because from the outside looking in, seeing the the protest canceled because he said they were going to sell, felt it just felt like we've been here before. We have definitely been here before. We've been here two or three times. Um, but I I think I think the most the the last takeover talk saw the Amanda Staveley uh, showing up at games and and her name being mentioned as a potential buyer. I think I always had my doubts about that from the start. I, not because of Mike Ashley, but because of her. I didn't think she was a she didn't come across as a genuine buyer. She didn't seem like she had the money. It all seemed a little bit PR based. Um, so that's that's why I didn't quite believe that one. Uh, and it so it turned out to be that. You know, she's very good at linking herself to, herself to buying football clubs. She did so in Liverpool, but she's not very good at actually buying them. Whereas this this one does feel slightly different. And and I think all Newcastle fans will have their natural re- reservations about it because of Mike Ashley and who he is. It's a very convenient timing uh, with the boycott. Although I think the boycott being ter- uh, called off was, was more about the fan groups involved not being all on the same page and... Uh, and then not being a great deal of interest because I don't think you would have seen a great deal of of fans not in that stadium today, whether that boycott went ahead or not. So I, I don't. I think it was convenient for them to be able to call it off because they. they I mean, they, I encourage fans to to protest against Mike Ashley, but I think it needs to be done in a better way than the, the fan groups currently involved with it. So I think it was convenient for them, but I also think that if it turns out that this isn't true, and, and we this takeover talk is more PR spin from Mike Ashley to to you know cancel boycotts and to to get fans to ignore his own poor ownership of the club. I really think if it if it does turn out to be that, then he's really just opened a massive can of worms, and it could be explosive if if, if that turns out to be the case. Because it's 
there's only so many times you can keep doing this and it to work. And I, the the reason I think this is building momentum is because of the person who is involved on in the buying side, Peter Kenyon. I think he has a lot. He he's a he's a realistic buyer. He he does seem like he's he's genuine. He was involved with the Chelsea uh, takeover, uh, or at least he was he was part of the the boardroom when Abramovich took over. So and prior to that he was part of the Manchester United board so he has got links to football uh, and if he does seem like he's a he's genuine and wanted to buy Newcastle or at least lead a consortium in that and, and he's got the links to be able to do that so he seems genuine so that's the the, I, the one reason why this seems a little bit more believable and, and a lot of the journalists writing about it are saying that there's a lot to it uh, and even they are saying they're sceptical because of what's happened before but they're, they're hearing this is very genuine uh, and there are even sources inside the club saying they'd be surprised if it or at least they're expecting Newcastle uh, to be bought so there, there's a lot of expectation about it we're still with a, 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 a deal of this size there's always going to be doubts there's a lot of work to do but it seems like because Peter Kenyon's the one involved it does seem like it, it could really happen which would be great because to to have someone who has been involved at you know at, at Chelsea after the Abramovich takeover and, and involved at Manchester United under Alex Ferguson's sort of tenure, it's really good to it'd be really good to have somebody like that in the boardroom. Uh, I think if he if his consortium did take over, he'd be uh, I think he'd be the chief executive. So to have somebody of that ilk would be really really good for us. But yeah, there's a lot of doubts. Um, I just think it's interesting that the leaks came from Mike Ashley himself. It, he didn't have to say that Newcastle were, were getting bought out. He he sort of dropped these leaks himself in, in a televised interview. I think it was when he was talking about Sports Direct on, on a on a news channel. He, he got asked about Newcastle and he said this. Like, he has no reason to say this. Uh, it, things were going well. We were winning games. Like, there, was, there were protests, but it wasn't like he needed to come out and say this. So the fact he said it, it, it it's odd time to distract from other things because it wouldn't make any sense because it he wasn't there wasn't any takeover rumors he didn't have to say that but he did so I just think there's a lot to this that makes that makes me more encouraged that it could happen but with anything with my cash I'm going to be skeptical until it is officially done and, and there's a press release from the club saying it's happened until that day I think everybody's going to be skeptical but there is reason to believe this could happen what kind of timescale do you think it would happen on? Because I feel like when we this happened last year, it was also near the January window when we were talking about, you know, if the sale wasn't done yet, would Ashley actually invest the money to kind of bolster the sale of the club, much like how Aston Villa wouldn't allow Grealish to be sold while they were kind of dealing with their potential buyout? What, what, what timetable are we on and what could the impact be on potential additions uh, in the transfer window? Well, I think that it's it's odd I think it's odd that it's come up this late I think I think it's and we're not going to know how much work has already been done on this the fact that Mike actually said he's closer than ever before to selling Newcastle suggests that there might be a lot more going on than we we've been told through reporting and stuff so it could be that this is quite close but I think it has if it's going to happen it probably there has to be significant progress made before the January window opening and it needs to either get to the point where it looks like it's definitely going to happen and then you know they could. There, there are probably ways to get money through to the club, uh, even if Mike Ashley is still the owner. I'm sure there's ways to do that. So it, it might be that there is money if it's close, but I don't think that whoever's buying the club will release those funds unless it was looking 99% certain, or it needs to be completely done. And I think the timescale of that 
it's probably a little bit too near the to January window to get it completely done. So it's interesting. Um, I think we're going to learn a lot more about it over the next two or three weeks, uh, whether it will happen or not. But you all, uh, on the other hand, like even if we're not sold, if Mike Ashley is in talks to sell a Premier League football club, and it's looking like it's going to happen, he's going to have to he's going to have to make sure it stays a Premier League football club. So otherwise, he'd lose so yeah. much potential income from from selling the club if we went down. He it would probably go down at least 100 million probably more so he's got a he's got a horse in this race as well he doesn't want to lose any sort of potential wealth so he's not going to want to newcastle to do this half in value overnight so even if it wasn't taken over by january i think he has to he has to do what's right by the club and, and give it the the resources it needs to stay a premier league club until we can sell it but i think we'll know we'll know whether this is just more propaganda from Mike Ashley within mm. three or four weeks. I think. I think we'll know by January whether it's realistic and whether it is looking like it's going to happen and it's, it's genuine. But I'd be surprised if it happened in full by then because I think the timescale is so short. I think you have to report it to the Premier League and it has to be sort of like a four-week period where the Premier League looks into the deal. So I don't think any of that's been done. So I don't think it's going to happen before January. Yeah. Um, just to wrap up, if there is a buyout by then or not what positions do you think would be most needed to to be supplemented in january um i think we need better fullback cover if not a better fullback uh probably yeah we just need a, we just need better fullback options so i think dummett and yedlin are good when they're fit but i think beneath that we don't have a lot i think mankio looks very average i don't think he looks good at all uh so i think we probably need to bring in Either a player that could cover on either side or just two just natural right and left backs. I think that would be an area I'd look, I'd look to strengthen. Uh, I think we need some sort of creativity in, in attack, whether that be as a winger or sort of a number 10. I think we've been linked to, to Miguel. Is it Miguel Almiron from the MLS? I think we... Yeah, from we're, Atlanta. What, yeah. yeah, we're one of the... Uh, I think there was a, a Paraguay journalist tweeting as recently as last week that it was done with Newcastle uh, and it was going to be a potential loan deal with a, with a buy option but the, the club Atlanta has since come out and said that's not going to happen but I think that that's a very genuine link. Uh, Billy has been asked about it and he said that he doesn't play it down so I think I think he's one that could definitely come in um, probably not as a loan but I wouldn't see it as a deal that would be out of Newcastle's price range considering the, the jump from the MLS is it's not going to be as much as buying a, a a top play you know creative midfielder from Europe so I think that's definitely one we might get and I know there's been links with Tottenham Arsenal as well but I think it would make more sense to move to somebody like Newcastle mm. um especially with uh Benitez's manager I think in in Spain and, and in South America his name is still very very highly regarded so I wouldn't be surprised to see that one happen but yeah, I'd probably say full back cover uh, a winger a creative midfield and probably another striker. I don't think we're going to get all of that, but we just need to just add quality. I think it's got, I'd rather see two quality players coming to our first 11 and really improve it. than I would just see us go out and bring in four or five, just players just for the sake of bringing them in. I'd rather see less quality business than more of it. But last year in January, I think the business we did then really turned our season around. We brought in Dubravka, who's probably one of the best keepers in the Premier League now. We brought in Kennedy, uh, and those two did really, really well. So I reckon we're going to see more business like that done. 
Yeah, no, that's a good point. Getting players that will just immediately step in, obviously uh, preferable. And it seems like you you have the balanced squad already. It It is just like needing to improve in a, a few key areas. Richie at that left wing back spot that we talked earlier is really interesting because if that removes you from having to, to invest at left back, it really does narrow the amount of places that you do need to invest, at least in my opinion from the outside looking in. All right, well, Jake, thanks so much for joining us. Obviously, best of luck to you, hopefully, for you as a Newcastle fan. And personally, you you are given reprieve from the whole Mike Ashley situation sooner rather than later. Uh, tell folks where they can find you. You can get me on Twitter at Jake Jeffel with two N's. And you can, um, yeah, I write for EPL Index and get my writings there. And I also feature sometimes on the Championship show on this same channel. So check that one out, too. Yeah, listen to the Championship Roundtable and and this one. Obviously, you're already doing it. Also, we're on Spotify now. So if you wanted to check that out instead of having to use uh, iTunes or some of the other options out there, feel free to do that as well. Jake, an absolute pleasure speaking with you again. Best of luck, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.